On this episode, I talked to Anna Kasachev. She is running for House District 22, which includes Woodburn, Jervis, and North Salem. She is an old believer, which means she's a Christian whose faith and traditions have stayed the same since the 1600s. Old believers originated in Russia, then fled Russia to escape religious persecution after the Russian Revolution of 1917. She is running against incumbent Democrat Teresa Alonso Leon. Why did you decide to run for House District 22? Um, well, I decided to run because of our experience at the Capitol last year um, when we were there asking to have some help with the vaccine bill um, and we were turned away. And so um, we came back to our community and when we shared with our community, not only the vaccine bill, but many other issues that um, were happening in the capital, which affected the Russian old believer community negatively. But not only that, looking at House District 22 and Oregon as a whole, um, it just felt like it was important for us to become politically involved um, to help in any way that we can. And so the other piece of it is uh, I'm running because I went to my uh, representative, who is Representative Teresa Alonso Leon, and I wasn't heard by her. And so if we were ignored as a community, then I'm assuming others are being ignored as well. And that saddens me. So, yeah. And is there a lot of old believers in House District 22? So I don't know how many specifically live in House District 22, um, but I can say that there's roughly 10,000 old believers who live in the Willamette Valley. So a decent amount. What has your relationship been with Oregon State Legislative so far? I know um, you just talked about not being heard. Is there any other relationship besides that negative one that you have? So I actually, yes. Yeah, so we had have a positive relationship with the Republican Party. Um, they actually embraced us, sat down, listened to us. Um, we shared our concern with us. They've um, helped invite us into learning how to vote. We sat in with Oregon Citizens Lobby who provide many different trainings. Um, we've established quite a few relationships with House representatives and with senators on the Republican side. We reached out across the aisle to the Democratic side as well along the last year, along our journey. Um, and so we did establish some relationships there, but definitely not as strong as the ones with the Republican Party. Um, and I think the change as well is that we are now uh, a voter pool. And so we are registering to vote. Um, and we hope that we can contribute to Oregon's legislative process and help in any way that we can. Yeah. And so did you grow up in Oregon? I did. I was actually born and raised right here in Mount Angel, Oregon. Um, I was raised on the other side of 
Mount Angel Abbey Hill. If anybody knows Mount Angel, they are very familiar with the Abbey Hill there, um, raised on a farm. My parents are immigrants to the United States. They actually came here as refugees from South America, from Brazil. And um, prior to that, my grandparents fled Russia, fled persecution back in the early 1900s. Um, they fled to China and then from China, they fled as refugees to Brazil. And then from Brazil, we came here to the United States and we've been here since about the 1960s. So, um, so my, for myself, I was born and raised here. I'm first generation for my family to be born on American land. Wow. That's awesome. And so what issues are you focusing on in your campaign? Well, obviously, a big issue for me, of course, is religious freedom um, and protecting people's rights to uh, be able to worship in any way they choose. And then um, I had uh, part of my work history. I worked for DHS, um, self-sufficiency in, in human services. And so I provided services to the homeless communities, housing, helped low-income families with big and small issues. And so anything related with human services is definitely a huge passion of mine. Um, I believe strongly in protecting people's amendments and people's rights and their freedoms. Um, and, you know, I just want to go back and say that freedom is something that we as Americans really shouldn't take for granted. And I think sometimes maybe we do. Um, and I want to go back to you look at Vietnam, you look at China or Hong Kong, I believe it was, where they held up the American flag and they're asking their country to liberate them. And here we are in our own country um, trying to defend these same freedoms when you look at um, some of the issues that are surrounding us, it, especially with some of the unrest that we have, civil unrest especially, um, it's just concerning that we still work hard at trying to protect our, our freedoms, whether it's religious, civil, or any others that we currently have in place. Yeah, and a big part of that is the media being more left-leaning and speaking of which um i heard your interview on think out loud with dave miller for oregon public broadcasting and i'll post a link to it in this episode's bio i'm wondering what you thought of miller shrugging off your vaccine beliefs saying that the public health officials haven't found that vaccines harm the public when that wasn't your point you were really focusing on the religious beliefs of the old believers. What were your thoughts about the interview? And do you get reactions like that regularly? Well, it's not a new response for me. Um, and they did a great, it was a great interview with Dave Miller, but the last note did leave me a little bit frustrated to be quite honest with you. Um, it's really, it's about vaccine, but it's also about a person's individual and personal choice to be able to make the decision whether they want to vaccinate their child or not, whether they're going to send their child to school or not. Parents should have that choice. And when you have an overreaching government who's coming in uh, and taking some of those rights away from parents, that just doesn't feel right for me. And 
I truly believe that parents should be raising their children to the best of their ability, and we have to entrust that they do that. Now, granted, on the other side of the spectrum, we do have abuse, and um, I'm fully aware of that just because of my knowledge and my work with um, Department of Human Services. But at the same time, because we have some, that doesn't mean that we need to go in and we need to penalize or punish the many. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, in, in it's, I, I just think that it's important for us to be able to protect um, people's right to choose. And, uh, and with Dave Miller, I, I heard him get a little bit frustrated and I heard him sort of cut me off. And um, I guess in, in a way I wasn't prepared for it. I, I'll be honest, I wasn't surprised about it either, um, only because of our initial experience when we came out to the Capitol is um, we were turned away from the very beginning. And we understand that public health is important. And that's not what this conversation is about. I value that. Um, but at the same time, we as citizens of the United States should have the right to choose whether it's on a personal choice, a philosophical choice, a medical choice or a religious choice. We still should have those rights in place. And when those rights get infringed on, um, then it's concerning for me. So, yeah, for sure. And um, on your website, you talk about that too, the right to practice your religious beliefs, your right to choose what is best for your family, and um, your right to work hard doing what you love is under attack. What are some examples of those attacks? Well, um, if you look at the state now, for instance, it looks like the state may not allow uh, sports for our kids in the next school year. Is this the best decision for all kids? For me personally, I don't think so. Um, but there's other examples of, um, another obvious example is, um, that actually got me involved in politics, the state deciding that it's not up to parents to decide. Um, to vaccinate their children, but it was up to the state, which is unfortunate. You know, I go back to really advocating that the parents have the right that right to decide. And then you look at the school and um, we have COVID currently, which is a huge crisis throughout the state of Oregon. And we're looking at what is the school year gonna look like for, um, in, in, in the fall. And it concerns me that Things that we, I don't want to say took for granted, like sports or education, are now being compromised. And are the people being heard of whether it's House District 22 or Oregon as a whole, are we being heard? And um, if we're not, then I think that all of Oregon should be concerned about that. And um, also on your website, you mentioned that you're a survivor of domestic abuse. Could you talk more about that or why um, did you choose to put it on your website? Is that an issue that you're gonna focus on in office? Um, so first what I wanna say is there's nothing stronger than a victim who became a survivor. And 
I'm not afraid of making tough decisions. I've had to do that my entire life. And that's the case. That's the case for many people. Um, the other thing that I want to do is help empower other domestic violence survivors or child abuse survivors out there that they can overcome some of the difficulties that they're currently facing. And I hope that I can be a voice for them in some way. My situation is really sad. I was raised in, as a child of abuse. And then after getting married, went into um, a marriage that, you know, my, my partner, my husband, unfortunately, was also a victim of child abuse. And so that sort of becomes a cycle that is out there. And we have to recognize that because in many ways, domestic violence survivors are uh, marginalized because of the abuse that they've become. They might be hypersensitive in certain areas. And so then they're frowned upon of uh, whether it's in the workforce or in their own communities. And I want to bring attention to domestic violence survivors that these are some of the strongest people that you'll actually meet because they went through years and years. Usually domestic violence lasts for years of trauma and abuse, and they still manage to come out on the other side of the spectrum. And so it's, a, you know, people who should actually be celebrated for what they've endured, and then they grow and become stronger from that. And so the reason that I bring it up and the reason that I'm mention it is it's really a part of who I am and it isn't something that I want to hide behind. Um, but on the contrary, I want to help people who are around me. So, you know, one of the questions you asked is, will it be a focal point? It depends on if there's any legislation attached with it. I don't know what um, the session will bring. But I did want the people of Oregon to know that I wasn't handed a golden spoon and a silver platter when I was born and throughout my life. I actually had a very hard life and I'm still choosing to come out and put my best foot forward to help Oregonians and to serve the people that I'm surrounded by. So that's primarily the reason of myself coming out and talking about being a domestic violence survivor. It's not something that I'm proud of, but it's really about empowering people around me. Yeah, that's really powerful and inspiring. And so why should your constituents vote for you instead of the incumbent Democrat Teresa Alonzo Leon? Well, um, first, what I want to say is when I went to the Capitol, um, she didn't listen to me. If she didn't listen to me, it's likely she probably hasn't listened to you. And you, are, we as an entire community are being ignored. Um, I think that people are realizing in the communities of Woodburn, North Salem, Jervis, Brooks, um, that we've been ignored. We have politicians who drive through all of these cities along the I-5 um, corridor, and um, they're going to the Capitol either to raise taxes or to pass laws or bills that 
these communities here may not agree with. They may have tried to voice their concerns and it was just completely ignored because from what I've understood and from the research that I've gathered, it really looks like Teresa Alonso Leon is very much a puppet of the Portland Metro Democratic Party. And she isn't listening to her district as a whole and Oregon for that matter. We have outcries. Last year with cap and trade, Timber Unity stood up and cried asking um, the governor along with the Democratic Party to please stop the cap and trade bill and the senators needed to walk out again. Um, and so as a state, we're in a place of unrest and civil rest and it continues to get worse as time progresses. And for whatever reason, Teresa Alonso is not present. I don't see her around within the local communities, within the local businesses. I've gone to the Woodburn Greeters meetings that they hold and she's not there. I've gone to many different places locally, which I, I, I would assume that she would have been there and she just isn't present anywhere. And so I'm wondering if she even cares about the community um, or if she's just there as a pawn um, who follows a Long, um, and can't make up her own mind of what's actually truly, uh, you know, issues that the community has and advocating for the community. So um, I, for myself, I would like to say that I would be there for the community. I don't know about many issues. I'm just a simple um, person who worked just like everyone else. I'm not a politician or a lifelong politician, so I don't know how that game is played. But I like what I can say is my experience through DHS and through um, all the work that I've done has always been to serve the people and how I can do that. Right now, we've established an organization for the Russian Old Believer community um, where we are opening up a school, we're opening up youth groups, and I'm very much in the lead of all of this work that we've done because you know I've recognized that we have a community that doesn't have any services uh, opened up for themselves. And I would do the same thing for people of House District 22 is, was do my best to listen and hear what you have to say. We may not agree on all issues, but I would do my best to try to see things from your lens instead of just being one-sided and looking at it through my lens only. So very much about integration and um, hoping that I can connect and be a voice at the Capitol for House District 22. Yeah. And what has the overall reaction been in your community? Has it, have you gotten a lot of support? Um, so I have, and I'll be very honest, this is going to be a difficult race, a uh, very, very costly race. I want to share some campaign facts that uh, in 2018, the GOP, candidate raised $46,000 in contributions uh, the entire season. I've already uh, raised $35,000 and we're mid-June. Uh, and this, I've held over 25 small fundraising meetings throughout my community where people are coming in and donating very generously to the campaign. Uh, people are getting excited and wanting to get involved. Um, it's not to say that there aren't naysayers because we as a community 
our motto has always been keep your head down, um, walk straight, do not get involved with government. And so we still have a shift that we have to make within the old believer community um, to help people get to a place of recognizing that it's very, very important that we get involved politically, that we begin voting and that our voices are heard. Um, and so uh, as far as trying to, you know, what the response is the community, I would say the majority of the community is extremely excited and positive um, about having someone who would actually represent them, someone who looks like them, who understands them. And I think that's what people really want in general is somebody to hear their voice and who would represent them within um, the Capitol so that there aren't bills or legislation that isn't passed where it hurts Oregonians as a whole. Yeah, definitely. That's all of my questions. Is there anything else you want to talk about or add? Uh, well, the only thing that I would ask for is please donate and help support my campaign. As I've said before, um, Teresa Alonzo Leon has access to lots of money and the Democratic Party. And so it would be extremely helpful for me to have your support. So please donate. Um, my website is annakasachev.com. Um, you can donate right there. And then I look forward to hearing from any of you who have questions for me. And um, hopefully, Fully come fall, make sure that you turn in your ballot. And um, otherwise, our communities are going to continue to be ignored by politicians like the one that we currently have at the Capitol. So, and I just want to thank you for listening to me and having me. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please share and like us on Facebook and Instagram. And please consider donating by visiting our website listed in our podcast bio.